Hello and welcome again to Woman to Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Denise Hankson Lawrence, and I'm excited as I tell you every week. I really am excited that you have decided to join me on this journey towards wellness in becoming our authentic self, living our life of purpose, and we are here to empower. So if this is your first time listening, welcome. I'm glad that you've decided to join in. And if you are a regular listening audience, you know what I say every week. I thank you because without you, we will not be where we are today. So last week, we were blessed to have my friend Francesca McDowell with me all the way from the UK. You know, I'm working on my British accent, you know, <laughs> got a cup of tea. I'm working on it. I'm working on it my, as well, because, you know, <laughs> and so friend, I'm so excited that you've come back to join us and to share more on um, spiritual abuse as you were talking about the last time you were here. And I know you have so many programs going on where you're just discussing what spiritual abuse is and how we can support new and emerging leaders to lead well, as well as um, uh, some of the excerpts from your book I would like for you to read today on um, surviving spiritual abuse, hope, healing, and restoration for those who have experienced hurt. And I know you also have a program called Restart, right? So um, as we said last week, um, you shared a little bit of light of what spiritual abuse is for you from your perspective, as well as some of the things that you are doing. So today we want to get more into it. Like, how do you heal? And um, you touched a little bit last week on the word forgiveness, which could be a little bit of a, whoa, forgiveness. Whoa, that's a process. And where are you now? Do you consider yourself healed? And what are you doing to help others? Sure. I do consider myself healed healing is a process and it's a journey and there's layers and depths to it but I do consider myself healed because I'm able to look in the face of people who've harmed me and I'm able to bless them Ooh. and there's nothing in my heart that is against them like in all sincerity and I'm able to talk about it you know from that healed perspective and you know I'm not bitter about what I went through and I'm able to really support others in their journey and so, like I said last week, God, Jesus, he's a good healer. But yeah, forgiveness is so much a part of that process. And in the book, I talk about that forgiveness is not fair. <laughs> right? <Is it> now? <laughs> and, you know, we may never say it out loud. We may never perhaps, you know, admit it. But let's be honest, when we consider people who've hurt us and everything wrong done to us, we say, well, it's not fair that they can just be forgiven. But what we don't often realize is that there's things we've, all done that needed forgiveness yes and if someone said well actually you don't deserve forgiveness well then we would feel so devastated and actually it's about extending forgiveness to those who have hurt us but it doesn't necessarily mean reconciliation it doesn't mean well everything's hunky-dory no forgiveness is about us being free and us forgiving the wrong the heart the harm or the abuse and not having that attachment to ourselves so we can go forward and be healed. You know what, you said something there. Forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean reconciliation. Talk a little yeah. bit about that. Right, because I think a lot of people struggle with forgiveness because they think, well, if I forgive them, I'm saying what happened to them was okay, or they're just gonna get away with it. No, not at all. If somebody, if, you know, if someone has hurt me and I've forgiven them, I'm forgiving that act and that offense but I may not maintain a relationship with them. 
I may not go back and put them put myself in a position where I could be harmed or hurt again but what I'm saying is that I no longer hold them in judgment of the wrong that was done right Right. every time I hear their name I'm not constantly remembering and being reminded of what they did wrong I'm not like you know, um, seething inside whenever I hear that they've had a blessing. No, I'm free and I've released them to God, right? Because forgiveness is for you. Absolutely. There's a fra- for you. Yeah, absolutely. There's that famous phrase that says, you know, unforgiveness is like um, drinking poison and expecting the other person to, to die. You know, it just doesn't, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and like I've shared all the time, even on our platform there yeah. on Sundays, is that the process itself, forgiveness is a Come process. On. It's a painful process, yeah. but it's the pain that we must endure in order to be delivered from the experience of the pain that we went through. So Absolutely. it is painful. It can be a painful process because we're holding on. Because if I hold on to that hurt, then I have a right because you're not going to have the power because I'm holding on to that hurt, right? Because you hurt me and I'm holding on to it. But we're just basically licking our wounds, licking our wounds every day until you look, it's all skeleton. So who's hurting more? Right, well, absolutely. And also forgiveness, it's not conditional on an I'm sorry, right? It's not conditional for someone even acknowledging or admitting that what they've done is wrong. And again, that can be another form of pain because it's like, but no one's ever said sorry, but it's in the Bible, right? It's not a demand or a condition of forgiveness. And so without hearing anything, we must each go on a journey of forgiveness. If we want to truly experience freedom and healing, we must forgive. I agree with you because for me, I believe strongly um, having gone through different experiences in, in, in that light as well is that when you go through this process of forgiveness over a period of time, the, the hurt, it doesn't sting as much. So I look at it as, okay, if Christ forgave me, right. And I know that there's skeletons. I'm like, listen, you, you might want to stay in that closet. I got the lock. I got the chains because they're not coming out. Okay. (laughs) Can't afford those skeletons to come out. Right. So we all have sin and come short of his glory. And if he had it in him to forgive me, then I have to allow him to take me through that journey and that process to forgive those. Right. Because at the same time, who knows, maybe I've offended someone, maybe I've hurt someone. And they're asking the same thing of the journey to forgive me of something that I'm not even aware of. So if we put ourselves in that perspective, despite the hurt, it doesn't, the process of forgiveness doesn't say that you're saying, okay, the person was right in doing what they did. Uh, it wasn't right for them to abuse you spiritually or physically or whichever the area that you're working on. But the point is the forgiveness is for you. Yes. It's me not holding you anymore in my heart. It's me allowing God to heal. It's me allowing Jesus to heal me through that process. And like I said, I believe it's a pain that we, in order to get the real healing and the deliverance, it's a pain that we have to go through. Yeah. And we have to go through it, though it may be painful and, and so on. We have to go through that pain to go over the original pain, to be delivered from that pain. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a lot of pain, isn't it? (laughs) It's a lot of pain because for some of us, it's different levels, you know? And I think that's what we read to read to realize it's like, oh, it's not, oh, I forgive you. No, it's not for some of us. It's not that easy. 
You're talking years, you're talking trauma, you're talking the experience, the thought of, but you said something so important there. You said, I can now look at my offender and really wish well for them. Oh, that's a level of, that's a level girl. Yeah. And it's, it's, it takes, it takes grace Mm. and it takes giving ourselves time. And also let's be honest, if you haven't forgiven, don't pretend that you have like allow yourself the grace to go on that journey because sometimes we can say, Oh yeah, I've forgiven. And we just move on quite quickly. But have you really, really forgiven? Like if you look deep inside your heart, have you forgiven? And sometimes I think we are almost afraid to even share I'm struggling with unforgiveness or I'm really still very bitter. Mm-hmm. And, it's and it shows up, you know, it shows up because right? if you start sharing yeah. your story, you can tell, right? Because I'm a strong believer of sharing a story, right? Because, you know, I say it all the time. There's therapeutic value shared story. However, where you share, when you share and how you share, that has to be evaluated, right? Because if you're sharing from a space where you have not been healed, then what you're doing now is just spewing more on those who are listening. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we have to be responsible with that as well. And like you say, identify where we are in this journey of forgiveness, identify where we are in the process of forgiveness and really look at it and be true to ourselves and be like, did I really forgive? Or I just like brush it off. I love that. Love that. You always come with such great content. Oh my God. I love you. Girl. I love you so yeah, much. I mean, you know, it, for me, it's been a journey. So some, some of the things that have really helped me on this journey is having professional counseling mm. both christian and non-christian counseling at different times you know i think sometimes we have to find space outside of our family and friends to speak to somebody independent without fear of well, what are they going to think or what are they going to say or i don't want them to know so i think we have to find space where we can share freely so so important so i did a lot of um counseling I did a lot of journaling, just really pouring out my thoughts and my feelings in a journal, really helpful. And also just, just inviting God in to bring healing. Yeah. I didn't know I needed healing. And, and so there are many times where I felt like I was strategically positioned to encounter something, to unlearn a pattern or a behavior, and then relearn it the right way, therefore be healed from that particular thing. Wow. Beautiful. So let me ask you a question now with your program that you have the restart and this whole thing, what is that about? Like if we were to tap into that, what is, what does that look like? Sure. Absolutely. So restart is a eight month therapeutic coaching program specifically for survivors of spiritual abuse. And it is a, so in the first four months we meet every fortnight and then afterwards it's it's once a month. And the sessions are designed to really give people opportunity and space to acknowledge what what they've experienced, to really learn more about themselves, to learn more about God and go on a healing journey that propels them into their purpose. And so some of the weeks we'll be discussing things such as identity. We'll look at, you know, who you are you know, you're not the labels or the names that have been called to you. You are who God says you are. Um, we do have a week on forgiveness, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, because again, that's really, really an important part of the journey as well. We'll be looking at, you know, some mindset, looking at your life's vision, looking at your purpose, looking at boundaries, you know. So we really want to 
take people on a journey of healing and then give them the tools and the skills to remain healed. It's not enough just to get healed. We want to maintain our healing and also go on to have healthy relationships in church and outside of church because we understand boundaries. We understand what our faith journey should look like. Right. Yeah. And so that word boundaries, what, what do you say for boundaries in terms of that? When someone has been through an area of spiritual abuse or church hurt in, in whatever aspect and area, what are boundaries? What does boundaries look like? Yes. I mean, personally speaking, there's a book called boundaries and that changed my life by um, a clown and Townsend because it really broke down that we are in charge of, of, of the decisions in our lives and we can't keep pandering to somebody else's need and we're always last on, on, on our list, right? Mm-hmm. I once, I think I read a quote, something about, you know what? It's time to stop taking the broken biscuit. Like if there's a plate of biscuits offered to you and there's a broken one, why don't we take the broken one and we'll let everybody else have the best one? Yeah, if that it's not pride to put ourselves first when it's appropriate. It's not pride to say, no, thank you. I'm not available to help you today. Mm. And, and be unapologetic about it. You know, it's really interesting, actually, because in my new church, um, they are very much around, you know, family and balance and support. And I mean, it's just such a, it's been an amazingly healing environment. Nice. And I remember, you know, I was away one Sunday. And so the next Sunday I went to church and uh, my pastor's wife was like, oh, hey, hey, friend, it's good to see you. We missed you last week. And all of a sudden I began to feel like, oh, I, I literally felt so almost guilty. Like, oh my gosh, I wasn't at church. Am I going to get in trouble? Cause you know, it's that learned behavior, isn't it? And then she goes, and then I explained that I was away, I think seeing family and she goes, oh, um, we thought maybe you were having a Sunday off and having a lion. And I was like, oh, again, I was so- That shocked. is allowed? <laughs> right? <laughs> I literally felt like, oh, that's blasphemy. How would, why on earth would I do that? And something as simple as really realizing that God endorses rest. Yes. And it's allowed was yes. completely new to me. And so to even have healing in that area that actually I haven't got to work like a dog to be accepted or Come to be seem to be righteous or holy or really committed to God. No, it's not by our works. Yes, we can serve in the house of God, but not to the detriment, detriment of our family's health, well-being and on. everything else, right? Listen, no. I'll pass the offering bucket right about now. <laughs> so yes, <laughs> I always say that because you have some ministries that the narrative is, show up and when you show up that that equates to where you are spiritually in God or where you are in terms of your commitment to the congregation the leadership and and that's a lie because I can show up every living day that doesn't mean I am with you I can show up every living day that doesn't mean I am anywhere with my relationship with God because all I'm doing is showing up for a check mark to be seen to be accepted to be part of the the group or whatever but that's not the the reality that's not the truth because many show up and then they die they show up and when they need to take care of what they need to take care of no one is there and so when they complain and be like okay this place abandoned no you did it wrong because you didn't set boundaries it's not okay for you to call me after certain hours we're not we we don't have that kind of no mm -mm, no you're not allowed to call me when it's a double digit 
time of the night. You're not allowed to call me at 10. You're not allowed to call me at 11. You're not even allowed to call me at 930. We don't have that boundaries. And so, because I know what I've been through with that, like doing stuff, doing stuff, doing stuff, showing up. And then later on you're told, oh, what you did, it was just a mere surface. What? What? So you walk away with how many years of, you know, showing on a Sunday, a Monday, a Tuesday, a Wednesday, then this meeting, then that meeting, then this, you're doing this dance, you're doing this, you're doing the offering, you're doing the this, you're doing the that. Boundaries. I love that. That boundaries are needed and they're so, so important because it doesn't make sense that you go to church and you're resentful because you're just exhausted or Mm. you're resentful because actually your family's lacking because you're giving in another area, right? To me, it's so ungodly actually. And it doesn't represent Christ. It doesn't bring glory and honor to his name if there's a real off balance in areas of our lives because we're serving. No, that is not the God that I serve. I agree. Thank you so much for sharing that. So friend, I want to talk a little bit about the book before we close. I want you to give us, if you don't mind, you know, give us a little sneak peek, you know, a little teaser (laughs) here, teaser there, you know, a couple of excerpts from the book and then tell us why you choose those one. And, um, you know, then we will close off today. And again, I want you to also tell the people where they can follow you and so on and so forth. So just talk about the book a little bit and give me a little teaser. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) in fact, you know, I start the book by really sharing the, you know, sharing a little bit. I start the book and I say, can I be honest with you? And I say things such as, because in order to get to know somebody, you've got to be really honest. Yes. I hated leadership. I had no respect, no care no belief in leadership, whether you call them bishop, pastor, elder, deacon, I didn't care. I hated leadership. Mm-hmm. And I apologized to everyone else. And I said, you know what, for those who are leaders, I'm sorry, I'm a leader too, but I'm, this was my truth. Yes. This was my experience. I was so hurt by what I'd been through that I was at the point where I was like the skeptical, cynical one. Now you've gone to know me quite well, my natural personality is not that way at all but what hurt does to us is that it clouds us come on and it brings a mask and it brings a filter to our experiences and so you know I was so skeptical and cynical and had this hmm very kind of like I'm gonna watch you and I spent how many years just watching my new pastor to find out when he was going to mess up because it was just a matter of time for us for me to be proven to me for me to be proven right and so I really start by sharing this is where I'm coming from and my journey of healing has allowed me to come out from that particular place as well and so um I will share with you um about someone in the book called Henry who Mm -hmm. shared his story of a spiritual abuse and he's a young man who got saved I think in his um, early 20s or late teens and he was in a church and everything seemed to be going fine. The pastor did criticize at quite a few churches along the journey. But the first incident that came up was when he'd been just ordained as a youth pastor, right? Oh, okay. And his pastor said to him, Henry, now that you're a pastor and you're committed into this church, next week, bring a liter container of salt. And I'll bring a liter container of salt. And the pastor said to him, you and I, we're going to mix our salt together. Mm -hmm. And when you're ready to leave, you better come back and take out every last bit of your salt or else you're going to be cursed. 
And so could you imagine being a newly ordained youth pastor and your pastor says this to you? It immediately caused it a real massive level of discomfort. And it was quite challenging. I mean, fortunately, wisdom told him, don't go ahead and do that. Don't, I mean, I said to him, it almost felt like you tra- they were trying to make a covenant with you. You know, it was really right. concerning. I thought that's where you were going because I've seen that um, yeah. operated in, um, in, 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 at a wedding ceremony a couple of years ago where the pastor took the salt and, and he mixed it. He says, you know, now you two are together because there's no way you can separate what you have put in and what. So I thought that's where you were going, but to hear yeah. the twist of that in the end. Yeah, I mean, and, and wow. you know, in a marriage ceremony, yeah, it talks about union and commitment, right. but from a pastor to another pastor, no. seven church, right? You know, share, and, and share, share Henry's story. Honestly, honestly, he went through so many things. At one point when he, you know, was using scripture to share something as simple as, if you want to give in church, you should give without compulsion. It should be free. Um, the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. Um, report got back to the pastor that he said this and apparently he was preaching um you know preaching against the word of god and he was discouraging the people to 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 give and so what happened was when the pastor who had been away came back he said to him because of you i now have to reset the people's minds to give and so then they went on this long preaching stint of every time a man of god told you to give you must give leaders you must give you know and so he went through right he went fine while you're talking (laughs) yeah yeah and that's just part of what he went through I mean those are those are there's just sometimes you just feel like what else can people be doing right to manipulate to control and to deceive people that's just one person's story there's another lady in the book um she shares quite a few different incidents that happen something as simple as someone reporting her for going to the cinema with her daughter wait, wait, and the pastor, going to the what to the cinema, cinema yeah to, to 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 see a movie and the pastor called her, called her into the office and said i've heard you've been going to the cinema you're a leader you shouldn't be doing things like that and it's like she had to give reason and justification why she went and again this element of control and you know being followed and told what you can and can't do like you can't read these books i mean tragically she was told to divorce her husband and she went ahead and did so um and years later the pastor said to her well i told you to do that because that's what i thought you wanted to hear right and so so when we speak about boundaries for me i have a real heart to how do we educate people that your life is between you and god and yes you have a leader you have a shepherd who is there to support you but they are not there to tell you how to live your life or to control your movements. If that's just not how it needs to be. You know, it's so funny. You said a word there that's like, I've X that out of my vocabulary in terms of on earth. And that's the word shepherd. And, you know, many have cast me at some point to be rebellious, but I'm not. I just think things differently. And for me, I start to look at leaders as not my shepherd, because God is my shepherd. Jesus is my shepherd. That's my only shepherd. You are an under shepherd. You have been given the responsibility to take care. So I no longer look at, I love leadership. I love leadership and I'll support. I, I believe I've been called to hold up, right? But here's my thing. I'm not gonna put you on a pedestal above God. 
Oh, I'm not going to put you on a pedestal before God. I'm not going to be, um, yes, yes, yes. I'm going to be, no, maybe we should, maybe we shouldn't. Can we consider? Because I have a voice and I refuse to allow anyone to take my voice. I refuse to allow anyone to dictate the narrative as to how my life. Now, I'm not saying that you don't go to a leader and you say, hey, you know, I've been thinking about, you know, doing this or doing this. I wanted to start this business or maybe I wanted to go to this school. What do you think? Right. It depends on the relationship that you have with your leader. Right. But if the leaders say we're blue today and it's not a blue day and you don't wear the blue, then you are cut off. That's where you have to start to think. Right. So again, when you're talking about boundaries, it's a lot because some of the stories that you have, it may sound so simple, but okay. So um, I'll be the one to be like, okay, so show me the Bible where it said I can't go to the movie with my daughter. Right. Um, what, what, what page was that? What scripture was that? What verse? Oh, okay. Based on when, what was the background of that? Okay. When was that written? In what time? In what era? I'm going to walk it through. Right. Because we have to remember our first era ministry is our home, our family. And if we don't take care of that, like I don't spend time with my daughter. So now my daughter leaves, go to college or my daughter leaves and go somewhere. And I had, don't have that relationship because I was always at the service. I was always in the building. Everything is for, so we seek first the kingdom of God and we twist that so much. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. You know, and one of the aspects, you know, it's really interesting how we never understand how our journey in life will pull things together. So I did A-levels and my undergraduate degree in psychology. And, you know, in psychology, we learn a lot about neuro neurology and how the brain works. And I actually, I do bring a little bit of psychology into the book in terms of brain theory. And it's just the concept of obedience without, without question and almost like the honor culture. And how what happens is when you have been raised or you've been so indoctrinated in certain culture things just become your norm so if an elder or an older person says something you yes sir no sir three bags full sir because your mind has been yes. conditioned that that's how it is and you know I mean I always say that spiritual abuse is, is on a spectrum right yes. so you have the incidents where pastors are verbally abusive and they're rude to you and it's painful and it's harmful and that's a tragedy and right. we go through a series of events but then you have the other extreme where people have unfortunately died at the hands of abusive partners parents, yes. pastors sorry and so there have been cases documented that are in the press about pastors who've instructed their congregation to drink antiseptic mm -hmm. substances mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. protection and they've died right yeah. there was yeah. i believe it was in south africa where pastors a pastor told the congregation go outside and eat grass like a like a cow on your hands and knees and they did and yeah. you know from the outside looking in we wonder how on earth and why would they do that couldn't they see that that was wrong but again when you're in a culture where it's almost like brainwashing yeah you don't know that what's being asked is wrong because you are you're going along with it and you're, you've been right. trained to obey without question. Because of the authority and the status, of what yeah. the position in which they serve. Right. So you're told you don't. So sometimes you have some people, they cannot even address a leader without the title, without the oh, accolades. Yeah. God forbid you call me Denise. You'd have lost your living <laughs> mind. 
put a reverend ship on that, put an apostle on that, put a bishop on that, you know, put a fivefold, eight time and 12 ministry on that. Like, really? But, but we have, some of us have been conditioned. The culture has been conditioned that way. And so, yeah, when they say go outside and eat the grass like a cow, they do it. Yeah, absolutely. And this is the tragedy of spiritual abuse, you know? And so, yeah, it's, it's a massive area. And, um, you know, my heart really going back to the program is for those who, and they're not living in purpose. And even there's another, another lady in the book who now goes to a really large church. So she's hidden because she's scared of being hurt again, because she's scared of being abused again and mistreated. And actually for someone like that, who is anointed and called of God, how dare circumstances and people have damaged them to the point where they're no they're no longer living in purpose and so mm. one of my purposes even within my own coaching business is to help people discover and move in in their own purpose um and so i'm here to serve i'm here to help i'm here to encourage and i'm obviously providing an opportunity for people to join us on a journey and it's going to be painful and i'll be honest in, even in the book i share that healing is amazing and it's so needed but it's also hard yeah, and it's exactly. also painful and you know I cried many a tear on my carpet you know just coming to terms with some of the things you know I I was really offended as well so I was constantly at odds with people in my personal life because I was the hurt and the woundedness had really impacted my ability to see things as they were because I was always looking through the filter of a wound and so somebody could say something to me and before you know it, I'm like why are you trying to hurt me why you does that make you know there are so many things right. that we go through but the healing journey is worth it because every individual is worth it Absolutely. and I wouldn't be who I was today if I hadn't gone on that journey oh thank you so much for you know so funny when we think about what we have been through and then we say you don't look like what you have been through right and we walk away and it's like okay the John Maxwell theory, right? Act, what will you apply? What will you change? What will you teach? You are definitely doing it. You have applied some strategies and techniques and content and you're sharing that and you're teaching that and you have changed. You have changed your environment, mm -hmm. which has now become a healing environment for you. So I'm just so grateful to God for the journey that you have been through, that you are now in this place where you can share and empower and download and uplift and elevate. So friend, I thank you so very much. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited. I'm telling you, ladies. Ladies and gentlemen, everybody was not just a book for women. It's a book for all of us. Okay. All of us. This is just the woman's platform. So I need you to get excited about the book that's coming out, surviving spiritual abuse, hope and restoration healing. Right. Am I saying it right? Yeah. Girl, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, but I want you to get that book because trust me, you haven't heard her story. I'm telling you, you want to read her story. She's transparent in it and she's dealing with it. So you want to know what friend went through, right? I know you want to know what friend went through. So, you know, we heard about Henry and the other woman and so and so, but we want to know what friend went through. So you've got to get the book if you want to hear it. Got to get the book and it will be a therapeutic value to you. Friend, um, as we did last week in closing, I always want to have something to say to our audience, our listeners 
listening audience? How will you challenge them today? What do you want them to walk away with? What's their takeaway from this content that you have shared today? Sure. And I just want to say before you do that, I just thank God for you. I'm excited about your future. Mm -hmm. I'm even just, you know, holding on to a little skirt tail on Clubhouse with you there, <laughs> moderating with you, whatever. Like, girl, you open, okay, I'm over here. <laughs> you know, because I see the value um, in you. I see the purpose and I know what you're going through, the pain you've been through, how you've pivoted that into purpose. And that's what it is, right? To move from that place of hurt to a place of purpose. And so, and you're doing it beautifully. You're doing it beautifully. So thank you so much. Thank you for gracing this platform, Woman to Woman, to come on. So again, just give us some um, information as to how we can follow you, how we can get in touch with you. And when you launch, when is the launch of the book as well as the program itself? So we can get more information. I mean, if you're on Eventbrite, if you have something that's going on, we want to know. So <laughs> give us a takeaway and give us all that. And then I'll just shut up for the day. Yeah. So let me start with the takeaway. Today's takeaway is forgiveness will bring you freedom yes. and you want to live free because bondage is so painful. Bondage will forever hold you back. You'll want to go one step forward, but you'll constantly be dragged back. And so choose freedom because you choose to forgive. That's just the most important thing, right? I love and it. God will I give you the it. grace. He will give you the grace to forgive so that's very much the takeaway for today in terms of how to get hold of me i am on instagram and facebook the page is at ssa.restart and the website is www.survivingspiritualabuse.com that's where you can find out about the program and purchase the book and then i am running some let's talk about spiritual abuse zoom events so once a month um, on Eventbrite, if you just search, search Let's Talk Spiritual Abuse, you can book onto that free event and come and be part of the discussion, learn more, get to interact with myself. You know, I'd love to hear more about your journey and your story. Um, and really just to help people, support them in their journey. And I'm expecting testimonies. I'm expecting people to have their lives transformed. Restart. Thank you. So restart and the book we can look about May, May June. Somewhere around there? Yep, yep. So, I mean, the pro the first program will, will be launching in May. The book will be out by, by May as well. But oh, then we'll okay. be running them every few months. So as people apply to join the program, so also we want to make sure that you're ready for this, that right, you're at right. a good place to go on this journey. We want to be responsible with people's lives. It's so, so important. So I do have, I mean, I'm a qualified coach, but also have a qualified psychotherapist also on the program to help people as well. But we'll be running the program every few months. And so if it's June and you're watching this apply and we'll tell you when the next start date is as well. Oh, beautiful. Thank you so much, friend. I love you. you darling. <laughs> I love you too. What, what time is it there now? <laughs> now it is um, quarter to eight in the evening. <laughs> okay. Not so bad at all. Thank you so much for your time. We'll meet and have a cup of tea sometime. All right. Absolutely. I'll be on that side of the pond soon. <laughs> Love thank it. You. Thank you. So again, ladies, thank you for listening to Woman to Woman. I'm your host, Denise St. Lawrence. And again, it's been a pleasure. Wonderful guest. We thank you, Francesca McDowell, for coming and sharing, spending this time with us two weeks in a row. Girl, I love it. <laughs> thank you for having me. It's and been again, amazing. just a pleasure having you and God bless you. Thank you. And ladies, join in next week as we continue this discussion on spiritual abuse and church hurt. God bless you. Thank you. And have a wonderful week.